Thank you. Good morning. This morning is all about wisdom. Listen to wisdom, learn wisdom. Our scripture passage is Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. Um, it's going to be a little different, and I'll leave it up to you to figure out my reasoning for the scripture reading. Are you ready? All right. Friends, here is God's word for us today. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat at the highest places of the town, calling those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. God's word for us today. Starting in Proverbs chapter 10, we have what we typically think of when we think of the book of Proverbs, and that's just each verse is a little wise saying. It goes from basically chapter 10 to almost the rest of the book. But the first nine chapters of Proverbs are different. And so this chapter concludes the first section of the book that was written in a narrative style. And uh, this section is bookended with this theme, the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is in chapter 1, and what do we read in chapter 9 as this section concludes? We read the fear of the Lord. If one was to um, summarize the first nine chapters of Proverbs, uh, I guess it would be this, the call to walk in the way of wisdom. Now, as we look at chapter 9 specifically, it's kind of obvious what's going on here. 
uh, two women are presented that personify two paths of life. You've got Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And interestingly, uh, both have similarities despite the fact they go in opposite directions. Uh, so you see here uh, clearly what's happening is both of them have a call, both of them have an invitation to eat, and both of them describe the destination that their path leads to. So similarities. And uh, where does this call happen? It happens from the high place in the city. And so if I was to you know, preach down here and we were all standing up, some people on the edges wouldn't see me. Now, obviously, I'm at a high place uh, right now, and so it's very easy to see. And you, you know, you picture, I'm not trying to be Lady Wisdom, just kind of. Okay. But you see, high point of the city, so that all can see. Wants to be obvious. All can see. And what does she say? She addresses the simple. The simple. Now, when you think about the original audience here, it is a father instructing his son. His son is young, and his son is going into this world hearing a lot of voices. And so dad is saying to his son, listen to Lady Wisdom. Listen to her. And the son, in his youth, is relatively simple, meaning still has to make a lot of decisions upon which way to travel in life, also can be persuaded by voices. Now, I'd like to say that even though this is the original context, um, it is true that all of us, even if we've been walking with the Lord for many years, there's times in which we can be simple, meaning we could be tempted to follow the call of the world. So here is wisdom shouting out, and then what happens over here? There is a counterfeit. What is the counterfeit doing, Lady Folly? She is exactly copying Lady Wisdom, but with a different message. So there's similarities and yet profound difference. Which voice are you going to listen to? Uh, so let's take a moment and uh, just look at uh, Lady Wisdom. Uh, she has built her house and has hewn her seven pillars. I wanted to figure out what are these seven pillars. And do you know what? Scholars don't agree. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a clear one. I guess you could say this. It means wisdom's house is expansive and grand. It is a good place. The seven may be... Seven days of creation. Seven is the symbolic number of completeness. So one that follows the path of godly wisdom. Uh, life is more complete and full if you go toward the house of the seven pillars. Uh, some have suggested the seven pillars are a little uh, shout out to a sanctuary. And this is where true worship of God would happen if you walk in the way of, of, of wisdom. She has slaughtered her beasts and has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread. Come, come to my banquet. 
this is wonderful you're all here today. You're all very smart. Spiritual food before physical food. I kind of hope you're hungry by the end of this message. Okay, that's good. And if you are, just think, oh boy, it's important that I get the spiritual food first. And so, good food, oh, we all resonate with that one. Oh, yes, good food, mmm. Okay, we have our favorite meals. Well, wisdom is saying, come to me. I'm going to give you a good meal. I'm not going to skip on things. Do you know there are people in this world that think you can only live a good life if you follow this way, because this way is more fun, you get to do what you want. This is a full life. But no, the Bible is clear. Do you want to, to live a full life? Wisdom is offering this to you. It's not, it's not just cutting a half deal for you. It's, it's the full deal. So this, this banquet. And then, leave your simple ways and live. Do you want true life? Listen to Lady Wisdom and walk in the way of insight. It just makes sense. Now, as you look at this uh, chapter as a whole, there are three sections. And you saw this with the scripture reading. Okay, so the call of, of Lady Wisdom. Then there's the middle part that talks about people that accept wisdom or don't accept wisdom. And then the, the third part is Lady Folly. So this middle section, uh, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, a scoffer, a mocker, someone's going to be like, no, I am not on, I'm not going for this way. No, no, no. This, this is for me. And then it talks about the person uh, that says, give instruction to the wise, and they'll be wiser still. The point I want to make in this middle section, I believe the most important point, is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And interestingly, um, the fear of the Lord is not listed at the end of the chapter. But where is it listed? In the center of the chapter, the fear of the Lord. Now, uh, the fear of the Lord. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I talked about, you know, what, what do we think of when we think about the fear of the Lord? And, uh, so, and, I, and I said this, the fear of the Lord. God exists, and God is great, and God is good. God has created a moral order. We do not come up with right and wrong. It is God who does. He is the one that has created the moral order. And, and this is the, the key end part, you cannot hide from God. God sees everything you do. This God who exists, who is great and good and holy, who has created a moral order, you walk in the fear of the Lord when you realize that God sees you all the time. And there's, a, there's this awesomeness to it. It's not that you're afraid and scared of God, but this awesomeness, this weight that comes upon you. I, I need, I want to walk in this way, God's way. I must, because this almighty God sees me. And this is living in the fear of the Lord, which is the anchor to living in wisdom, the anchor 
to living in wisdom. Now, we come to the way of folly. The woman of folly is loud. And she's trying to drown out Lady Wisdom. She is seductive. She has her own, shall we say, gifts of persuasion, appealing to our human pride, our tendency towards selfishness. And she knows that and is very persuasive and knows nothing. Really? In terms of life? No. Knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, takes a seat at the highest places of the town, calling to all who pass by, who are going straight on their way, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in, the, in secret is pleasant. Friends, verses 16 and 17 are an exact copy of verses 4 and 5, Lady Wisdom. What Lady Wisdom says, but the words are twisted. But she's exactly copying Lady Wisdom, verses 4 and 5. You see it repeated in 16 and 17, but from Folly's point of view. Where does this lead? He does not know that the dead are there, and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. This, friends, is the path of life, Lady Wisdom. Lady Folly, on the surface, seems like a good life, but ultimately, it leads to death. Now, what is the message of Lady Folly for us today? Obviously, much could be said. I am just going to simply uh, refer to my message from last week on Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, I'm just give you three messages that the world gives us today that on the surface of it feel good, but ultimately do not lead us uh, to life. Uh, so, uh, one... Uh, one of those is get whatever you want. Get whatever you want. Your life is your life. So to fulfill your life, you get whatever you want. Just so long as your wants and needs are fulfilled, that's the most important thing. Secondly, what you feel is most real. Feelings obviously are important. They have a profound effect on us. But if the basis of our decisions are just on feeling good, this will lead us on a path, interestingly, away from life and not toward full life. Our feelings are so, so fickle. And they fail us. And they put us on a tr constant treadmill of more and more and more, never arriving. And then uh, lastly, uh, last week I talked about the faster, the better. The faster, the better. A life of efficiency and no waiting. Fast, 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 and that's the most important thing. Where God is saying there's times of patience and waiting in God's timing. So those are some examples of how Lady Folly can call out to us today in our culture and uh, can tempt all of us in one way or another. So we need to be on the alert. Which voice 
are we listening to? Listen to wisdom. Now, what a grace it is that God, who is wise, shares wisdom with us. With us. What, what a blessing that is. These are not only words of wisdom, but these are words of life. And so I ask you, will you listen? Will you deeply listen to God's words of wisdom for your life? So secondly, live wisdom. Listen to wisdom, and now live wisdom. Learn from Proverbs. Um, now, I read this this week. I have not fact-checked it, but I thought it was so cool, I just want to share it with you, okay? Proverbs 10.1 to Proverbs 22.16. These are kind of the basic Solomon Proverbs, although he probably wrote some Proverbs after 22.16, but there's other authors mixed in there as well. So Proverbs 10.1 to Proverbs 22.16, if you count it up, it's 375 Proverbs or verses. And did you know that every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value? And if you take the consonants of the name Solomon, somehow it works out to 375. Give me a smile. It's kind of cool. Yes, it's kind of cool. But I've not fact-checked that myself. Now, starting in chapter 10, the Proverbs appear random. It's not like, and now here are Proverbs about work. Proverbs about speech. Proverbs about relationships. No, it's all, it's all mixed up. It's random. And what's interesting about that is that is the way that Egyptian and Mesopotamian wisdom literature Proverbs were as well. Just all random. Now, obviously, the big difference is that the Egyptian and Mesopotamian Proverbs are not anchored in the fear of the Lord, like these Proverbs are. So, as, as we take a look at some of the other Proverbs, chapter 10 on, we need to remember that every single proverb is anchored in this idea of the fear of the Lord. Now, uh, three quick points about Proverbs. I think they're important. Uh, proverbs are generalizations, they're practical, and they're clever. Uh, they are general statements. They are not absolute truths. If you read a proverb and you think, I know an exception to that, that doesn't mean that God's word is wrong. That's the way a proverb functions as a generalization in life. So I will give you a proverb that's not in the Bible. Listen carefully to see if you get this. Okay? The only place... Success comes before work is in the dictionary. Okay, the word success begins with an S, W begins with work, so success becomes, comes before work in the dictionary, but in life, success does not come before work. You need to work hard. Now, could there be an exception that a really lazy person gets successful? I guess. But there is no way in the world a parent is going to say, it's all right, be lazy, you'll get success. No, 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 no. Okay? Now, interestingly, um, so this is a generalization, okay? Uh, the next thing is that Proverbs are practical. 
And actually, this proverb is saying you need to work hard in life. Okay, very practical. We should never reduce our faith in Jesus Christ to just a Sunday thing or a collection of religious activities. We pray, read the Bible, okay, done that, and now I move on with life. No, all of life is done under the realm of serving God. And so wisdom, godly wisdom, is very practical. It affects your everyday life. Like this proverb is talking about work. Uh, then lastly, proverbs are clever. Now we lose a lot of cleverness because of culture difference and translation from Hebrew into English. I'm not saying every proverb is clever. I'm just saying more proverbs than you would think when you read them, you know, in the original context, they kind of make you smile. Like, ah, you know, like the wisdom, uh, I'm sorry, success before work. You're like, ah, I get that. Okay, it's a little clever, right? Um, but then in translation, the cleverness can be lost. Like in some languages where the word work comes before success, then the whole proverb that I just said collapses, right? Uh, so those are three things. Now, uh, why do I share this with you? Um, because I'm not going to preach on Proverbs 10.1 to 22.16. Were some of you nervous about that? Maybe, okay. I'm not going to do that. So why did I share this with you? First of all, uh, just to kind of introduce this section of the Bible, but also to whet your appetite and uh, just hopefully you'll have a, a, a greater desire to, to meditate on God's word in the book of Proverbs. So what I'm going to do right now to introduce this section is I have selected 10 Proverbs out of chapters 10 to 12. 10 because, I don't know, 10 commandments? 10? Okay. Um, I am not going to do a little sermonette on each. I'm going to go pretty quick, okay? This is not a 10-point sermon on the second point of my, don't worry, okay? I'm going to go kind of quick, but it's just to kind of introduce Proverbs, get us thinking about Proverbs and the practicality of them. Um, all right? So here we go. And they should pop up there as I go through these. Uh, Proverbs 10, 12. Sorry? Uh, Proverbs 10, 9. You're right. I was wrong. Proverbs 10, 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. We must be honest people, the same in private as we are in public. There is a temptation for people to rationalize lying because of some good that it might achieve, to rationalize lying in their life because I, I, I need to do this, I have to. No, do not rationalize lying. You do that and your way is eventually going to be crooked and you will get found out. Uh, next, Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Mad is bad. Forgive and live. Oftentimes, we feel offended, and we have a tendency toward grudges. We think, this is not fair, and I want to make that person pay. No. Love covers over all offenses. Grudges leads to conflict in relationships. Forgiveness and love leads to peace in relationships. 
Proverbs 10:17. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. You know, I'm a, I'm a school teacher, and uh, I don't just say this to students at the moment because they probably wouldn't receive it well, but uh, I'm like, if you get a detention, I hope you learn from this, and you see this, the detention as a blessing. It is a blessing in your life. And they're like, i got to serve a detention. Actually, to, to receive instruction, even to receive discipline, is it is ultimately, it's a blessing. Be humble or stumble. A soft heart. To learn from other people. All of us can learn from one another. And a proudful heart is going to inhibit, restrict our learning. Uh, Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgression is not lack lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Just because you think it doesn't mean you speak it. I know exactly when I came up with that little italicized phrase down there. I was teaching. I teach high school Bible in the morning, middle school in the afternoon. It gets a little nuts. There is a certain personality of a middle school boy who actually has some wit to him. Kind of a clever guy. The problem is that whatever comes into his mind comes out of his mouth. Maybe you know some people like this. So whatever they're thinking, they just say it and they think it's hilarious. We got two problems when this happens in class. The first problem is they're interrupting me. I am the teacher. Okay? The second problem is sometimes what they say is simply not good. It is not kind and they need to be quiet. And so I am there. I, I will say this to them. I will look at them. Say, just because you think it does not mean you should speak it. After I say it a number of times, they, they, they get the point. All right? Um, so wise to know when not to talk. So wise when you have a thought that comes through your mind, even if it's truthful, but in the moment, it would not be good. And so you're quiet. I just paused on this one for a moment because it's just important for all of us to live a wise, godly life. Proverbs 10.23, doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Uh, what brings a smile? Do you know, uh, I will talk to elementary kids like in chapel, I can get them to laugh easy. I just do something goofy, all of the kids are laughing, you know. And then I give them a serious point. It's not a comedy show, I'm just saying, okay. Um, junior high kids, uh, I can interact with them in an audience, do some things, get them to laugh. High school students, I'm sorry, you're just a different breed, okay. I have a student teacher right now who's 25 years old. I will say things in class, he laughs because they're funny. He laughs and nobody else does. In the I'm like, are you kidding me? High school students, in general, I'm not saying every high school student in this room, but high school students usually laugh when pain is involved. If it's physical pain or, or they, sarcasm they like, 
Okay, any type of relational, physical, ha ha, that's, now that's funny. The time students laughed the most in class, I'm not gonna go into the whole story, but I, I accidentally elbowed a boy in the chest, okay? And because of the pain, they almost fell on the floor and started and laughing. So why do I say this? Think about in your own life, what, what brings you pleasure? And some people get this, this pleasure out of the pain of others, or the misfortune of others, or crude joking, and this is Guess what? The wisdom of God, a side effect of it, is to give you pleasure. It is joy-filled to live a life of wisdom. And sometimes people don't see that. They're like, oh, if I to live a wise life, I know I should, but it's no fun. No, actually, if you get wisdom, it is a beautiful, life-giving, wonderful thing. So what brings a smile? All right, uh, Proverbs 11, 11, 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but to just wait is his delight. This is a proverb on business, for, for people in business. And you can't hide anything from God. If you're cheating in business, or if your foundational principle in business is greed, this displeases the Lord. Business is good. Making money is good. It's necessary for a business but really important. And you know, in our culture today, one of the main drivers of people in business is greed. But you can't hide anything from God. People could be attempted back then to make the, the balances off a little. So when a person put their money in, they'd say, oh, you need more money, you know. Uh, so this is an unethical way to do business back in the day. Still relates to us today, though. God can see everything. Uh, Proverbs eleven twelve. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. For those near may mean words they never hear. Do your utmost simply to live in peace with others. Now, of course, you should live in peace with family members, but think about all those other people that you live around and you can't change their proximity to you. Fellow students, co-workers, your literal neighbors, they're around you. you. You can't change that. So it's really wise to live in peace with them. And often, living in peace with them is just being quiet. Uh, Proverbs 11.29. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be the servant of the wise of heart. House rules. Work hard and love. Work hard and love. If you don't do that, you're going to inherit the wind. What does that mean? You'll inherit nothing. You can't catch the wind. It's gone. You inherit nothing if you don't work hard with your family and love your family. Uh, now just uh, two, proverb, uh, two proverbs from chapter 12. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. A kind soul will be kind to people and will be kind in other situations as well, like animals. Like if someone 
were to kick a dog, you wonder about that person's character. Not just that one instance of, of what happened here, but then you think, what's going on inside of that person? This is what this proverb is, is getting at here. And then the, the last one, Proverbs 12.25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. The power of emotions and words. People that struggle with anxiety will describe it as a, a weight, a heaviness in their lives. And it is just hard to walk through life with this heaviness. Now this proverb is not speaking everything that could be spoken about anxiety, but it is giving us one important point. That God has given us humans this gift of language. God is a God of communication, and we are given this gift of communication, and our words have power. They have power to help shape the emotions of others. And so as we go throughout our day, sometimes the anxiety may be obvious, sometimes the person may be covering it up. But when we have opportunity to use the blessing of these words to lift other people up, it has a very real effect in their lives. This is the way, the path of wisdom. And so friends, listen to wisdom, live wisdom. Listen to the call of Lady Wisdom. And she is calling out. One of the primary ways she calls out is through her word. But all through the week, we hear so many voices in our world, and not always, but very often, those voices calling out to us are Lady Folly. And they can be tempting. But as we compare them, and as we are in God's word, hopefully we will see the beauty and the truth of God's word that leads to a path of life. Now, one of the main metaphors used here was a meal. Are you hungry yet? Okay. A meal, food. We can all relate to that. A sumptuous feast. It makes me think of Jesus. When Jesus came, he said in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For you and I today, Jesus is calling out, and he is calling out wisdom. And Jesus is saying, believe in me, trust in me, and I will feed you. I will feed you in the depth of your soul. I will come down and reach in to that sin, that guilt, that shame, that anxiety, that fear, and I will fill you. Come to Jesus. 
And this beautiful message of Jesus not only affects our lives today, but it gives us hope for the future. It gives meaning and purpose for our life now and points to beyond the grave. Uh, Revelation 19.9 Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These words are the true words of God. My friends, I pray that in your life this week, you will listen to wisdom and you will live wisdom. And that means that you will trust Jesus and that you will follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. O wise God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are thankful that in your wisdom you have made each one of us in your image. And you have given us the capacity to live out wisdom in our lives. What a blessing and what a grace. And so we pray that as we fix our eyes on Jesus in this coming week, we pray that we might clearly see the wise path ahead of us. And as we walk that path, may we be a blessing to others and a witness to the world, a witness to the wisdom in Jesus Christ. And it is in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen and amen.